This hour of gameplay is brought to you by FanDuel. Bet on all your favorite teams on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. You're listening to Gameplay with Matthew Cause on TSN 1050. Embrace the odds. I want winners. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Gameplay. I am your host, Matthew Cause. And I don't know if anyone else was doing this who was watching the Raptors game, and I know it was a, it was a uh, jump night, a channel return, a Prev channel. Why is it on everyone's remote control? Is there different names for the, the button you hit to go to the last channel? Like last. Last. Prev. Back. You know, there's, there's all these. There's all Previous. these. Previous. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's all these different ones. For it. But it was, it was a flip back and forth night last night between the Raptors and the uh, and the Toronto Maple Leafs. So we'll get into the Leafs in a bit, but you just had two hours of excellent content. I always love having Kristen Shilton on the station as uh, and, you know, with uh, Al's brother and JT. But as for the Raptors, as for the Toronto Raptors, they lose last night to Milwaukee. And we were like, why aren't the Raptors favored? There's no Giannis. <laughs> There's no Chris Middleton. It didn't matter. They won and they covered the spread. I did something last night that I'm not uh, I'm not proud of there, Producer Josh. By the way, I should say gameplay on TSN 1050. Brought to you by FanDuel, but on all your favorite teams on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. I did take the over at the beginning of the season for the Raptors over 46 and a half wins. I'm going to lose that bet. I'm going to lose a lot of my team total bets, actually, but that's a subject for another day. I looked at the San Antonio Spurs record because they beat the Brooklyn Nets. No Durant, no Kyrie Irving. And then I'm like, huh, okay, so they're six games worse than the Raptors. Is there any way the Raptors can catch them? Because all you got to do is finish in the bottom four mm-hmm. to have the best odds of winning in the Victor Wembanyama stats. Just for a, a sweepstakes, excuse me, a draft order. But last night was one of the first time I actually spent just 20 seconds looking at NBA standings before I went to bed and I felt dirty. How disappointed were you? I know earlier back in the summer, mm-hmm. you were on the first. Uh, you were on first up on the morning show, and you were talking about I am taking all of these unders, all of Spurs them. under, under Rockets under, under. Hornets under, yeah. Magic under, maybe Wizards under as well, and it was not going in your direction. None of at them are all. Yes, uh, did you really think every team is going to go on the uh, the tank train for Wembenyama? It's not just like. We're losing these games. We're not going to attempt to win. But there's, there's no chance. There's not enough teams doing it. Like, uh, uh, okay, I pulled it up right here. Thankfully, none of these bets are more than like twenty bucks. Uh, over for the Raptors. I'm going to lose that. Under thirty nine and a half wins for Portland. We'll see. Under twenty two and a half for the Spurs. Bye bye. Under twenty four and a half wins for the Utah Jazz. Bye bye. Under twenty three and a half wins for the Pacers. Bye bye. I did all of these bets. All these stupid bets. And um, the moment after watching those Victor Wembanyama uh, uh, highlights, and I'm going to lose all of them. The, going on. The Hornets and Rockets are, win, are, are winning those bets, though. Uh, but I didn't Rockets bet them. Rockets on an 11-game I didn't bet them. Skid. I didn't bet, oh, by the way, the Hornets are playing the Rockets tonight. Gross. I'm going to take the under of 236. Oh, what a gross game. You're going to take the under? It might be like an overnight because those defenses are absolutely terrible. Yeah, you're right. They're like, screw it. Everyone score. No one played defense. They can both score. LaMelo Ball playing at a high rate. Jalen Green yeah. scoring 
everything around the rim. Maybe they'll be uh, they'll be inspired after John Wall was uh, was uh, bleep talking the Houston Rockets. Uh, I know. The other day. Like throwing names as names of his former players out there too, yeah. yeah. And then his former player replied, uh, former teammate re- replied and said, "I thought I was cool with you. Yeah, <laughs> I thought we were friends." <laughs> that, the, that's blatant. By the way, the NBA leads the league, and I thought we were friends. Like you know, they, that one hundred percent leads the league in that. <laughs> it was out of context too. <sighs> I've never heard that before. We were just just rapidly throwing. Yeah. Your, your former teammates who you're, you were probably close with, uh-huh. and then you just throw them under the bus. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. I don't know you anymore. Certainly happens more in the NBA than in other sports. Um, yeah, the Raptors, an embarrassing loss to the Milwaukee Bucks, uh, 131-22. Milwaukee, they're 19th in points scored. That's after last night. They're 24th in field goal percentage for the season. And they put up 130 without Giannis. I went back, and, and we'll talk about it a little bit later. The first and the third quarter. Oh, my Lord. The amount of Joe Ingles layups is embarrassing. The 35-year-old journeyman who's averaging six points per game was looked like Allen Iverson. Looked like 2001 Allen Iverson last night against the Raptors defense. Wasn't missing Wolf. much and just shifting around everyone. Oh my How God. about the brawl? Come on. I know. Well that and Brooke Lopez is just a weirdo. He's just a weirdo. I love that the I love that Jamal McGlore stepped in. Yeah, OG Anobi just pushing and shoving for his teammate. Yeah. And Trent Jr.'s face when Lopez just took took off his head. I know. Like, <laughs> You're a what clown. Are you, what are you doing to me right now? Look, he, he, Brock Lopez Brooke Lopez is a clown, and I'm always gonna call him Brock and not Brooke. It's a mistake I've been making since the Raptors won the finals. So there there's a ton to get into about what we saw last night, but I want to go in a different direction and at least um uh dip my toe in everything that was going on with the Philadelphia Phillies and uh, Ivan Provorov. I'm going to mispronounce that name. Um, Whatever the over-under is for the amount of times I'm going to mispronounce his name in the next seven and a half minutes of this opening thought. Hit the over. Hit the over right now, kids. Let's get to my opening thought. Time now for Matt's opening thought. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I break your concentration? And here we go. I mean, it's really nothing more than a self-absorbed monologue, a chance for Matt to rant about something and pretend he's a serious radio personality instead of a gas bag. Let's face it, he stole this idea from Dennis Miller. Now, I don't want to get off on a rant here. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! Yeah, so my initial thought um, this morning was, okay, my opening thought... I'm just gonna I'm gonna rip the Raptors and oh the Spurs won and and I would do a whole thing about the tank and and who can get the fourth worst record in the NBA. That was my thought. I mean it was mostly again just gonna be an excuse for me to yell at the fact that Joe Ingles had so many layups. He had so many layups last night, or that my uh, over six rebounds for Brooke Lopez that one utterly failed. He had one. He got booted into the game. He had one rebound. There's no Giannis. He's seven foot. Anyway, but I, want, I actually just want to get into more of a serious conversation here. Let's talk about something far more contentious. Flyers defenseman Ivan Provorov, his refusal to join the team in their warm-ups last night, citing because of religious beliefs, 
He didn't want to be on the ice with the team wearing rainbow-colored jerseys as part of the annual Pride Game at Wells Fargo Center, all in support of the LBGTQ community. Now, by the way, this is not an issue to talk about on Twitter. Everyone's getting on on Twitter. I was going to give my thoughts here on Twitter, but there's no point. Because unless you say exactly what 85% of people are saying on Twitter, you're going to be accused of being a homophobe. And then there'll be 15% that'll, that'll laud what you're saying. And I'm like, no, it, it doesn't work on social media. Because on social media, you have the majority of people saying that Ivan's an awful person. He needs to be punished. And the Flyers are cowards. Then the other side talked about personal choice. And all the woke people on Twitter are not inclusive because they want to banish someone for their religious beliefs. Now, of those two groups, I obviously mostly side with the first one. But let's try to have a conversation about this without all the yelling. And, and But first, I will start with the fact I understand the anger against what happened last night. Now, what, what sucks the most is if you are gay and if you love hockey, and especially if you're a Flyers fan, you hear this guy does not support your community, and then he goes and leads the team in ice time. I, I, you know, I, I, I cannot understand just how much pain you may feel in that circumstance. I imagine the range from the low end is what a bummer, what an a-hole. All the way, I imagine a lot of people from the LGBT community, they were feeling abject betrayal. Ivan's quote, I respect everybody and I respect everybody's choices. My choice is to stay true to myself and my religion. That's all I'm going to say. The, the response, the pushback is an easy one. If you respect everyone's choices, then wouldn't you be on the ice to support this community? Now, Ivan mentioned that his religion he is Russian Orthodox. And just like the fact that I'm not gay and I can't fully understand that world, how could I? I'm also not Russian Orthodox, so I don't know that world as well. Also, I'm not against organized religion. I think it serves a very positive purpose for so many people. But the idea that in 2023 that people still use religion as a reason to not support approximately 7% of the population seems utterly disappointing. Now, the Captain Obvious point here is being gay or lesbian or transgender, being anything non-heterosexual, does not make your character, your self-worth, your importance to society. It makes it no different than anyone else. Every human being deserves the same level of respect. If you're a good citizen, you pay your taxes, you don't commit crime, you don't weave around on the highway on a snowy day, then you deserve the same level of respect as everyone else. John Tortorella said, hey, he's being true to himself and his religion. This has to do with his beliefs and his religion. It's one thing I respect about him is he's always true to himself. Now, John could have could have stated that fine, but he could have also thrown in something about, hey, his beliefs run, you know, counter to his defenseman. And he doesn't agree with all of it. Now, Philly went out, uh, they went out of their way to support the LGBTQ community, you know, but they didn't say anything about the player. A very simple, we're disappointed with Ivan. We wish he was on the ice with us. Could have easily been thrown in. I imagine most of what I just said, most people would agree with. That's the easy part. But then comes the hard part. What comes next? My thought is the team in the league should do nothing. Not supporting a Pride event is not illegal. As long as Ivan has not done actual harm through hate speech or something physical 
he should be allowed to apply his trade. If we find out that he has other businesses and that in his other businesses he has refused to hire someone because of his sexuality, well, then that changes everything. The worst thing to do would be to suspend him or to try to fine him. Suddenly you bring in union, labor laws, this story gets amplified, and you risk making this Philly defenseman into a martyr. Suddenly you have other groups making him a hero, talking about liberal intolerance, even though the intolerance kind of started with this player. I imagine there will still be consequences against Ivan. Whatever his potential off-ice earnings were, they just took a bit of a hit. There was a poll done last year. 71% of Americans support gay marriage. And yeah, I wish that number was 100%, but the basic emotion and act of intolerance is always going to exist in some form of another. It sucks, but it's something that we'll never fully eradicate. When someone says, we need to eradicate hate, you can't er eradicate emotion. It's just not going to happen. You know, and so, and, and listen, what we saw last night, I don't want to hear it about it's an NHL thing. It isn't. It's a societal thing. The more progressive NBA, Anthony Edwards, you know, making homophobic comments on social media. Kobe Bryant, Joachim Noah back in the day, homophobic slurs. Tim Hardaway back in 2007. This stuff happens. And by the way, there was no slurs from Ivan. He just quietly decided not to go with the rest of the Flyers. I am not excusing it. I wish he was on the ice. I hate the fact that we're having this conversation, but we have to put everything in the proper context. And the good news is the majority of North Americans disagree with what Provorath did. And there will be consequences. Potential sponsors will shy away from him. Future All-Star Game votes, loss of followers on social media, loss of respect from some of his peers. In his own locker room, we know players like James Van Riemsdyk and Scott Lawton do so much positive work for the LGBTQ plus youth community. Also, I, I would hate if he, you know, I would hate if he did skate last night. What if he did go on the ice and he did it because of fear of social media backlash? So he just went on the ice and just went along. I don't want that either. I want to see what people's true feelings are. Let's get it out in the open. Better that than false allies. The NHL should not punish Ivan for what he did. And I do not say that as someone who supports what he did, but rather because I'm looking at this from a simple, pragmatic, and realistic way. If you punish him, you know, uh, it gives his outdated beliefs more power. Also, again, he did nothing illegal. And yes, it's easier for me to say that as a heterosexual male. I understand that. And listen, I'd, I'd love if there was some sort of punishment, but I'm not sure legally that would be in the right. I wish the NHL, you know, their statement basically said everyone has, every player is free to decide which initiatives they support. And by the way, the NHL's right to say that. Players are free to decide. And the quote from the NHL, we continue to encourage their voices and perspectives on social and cultural issues. I'm fine with the NHL, their statement. I know Twitter hates it. I don't care. I kind of wish the NHL said, however, dot, 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 we would have preferred if Ivan was on the ice. Make no mistake, Tuesday night will have consequences. He'll lose sponsorship dollars. He'll lose respect. And also, sometime down the road, free agency, if it's between him and another defenseman with the same skill set, I bet teams would lean towards the other player because that other player maybe won't be a distraction or a pain in the ass of the PR department.
As has been said many times, freedom of expression doesn't give you the freedom from the consequences of your words or actions. There will be consequences. They may not be immediate, which will disappoint many people. But for, for the rest of his career, when you think about this defenseman, you'll think about his actions on January 17th. So will every other team, player, and corporation. Here's hoping his actions will one day get the proper consequence of what they deserve. What that proper consequence is, I'm not sure. I'm not as extreme as what I see on social media. And on the other end, I wish the circumstances were different. Those are his beliefs. We see what happens next. That is my opening thought. I'm finished. Sorry, that one was a little rambly. I needed to tighten that one up. I, I, I think this was, comes down to is I just the extreme on the social media side I don't agree with, even though I wish the circumstances were that even with his religion that he would embrace this community. The other side is, yes, every player has the right to support whatever charity, whatever initiative. They have the right to do it. I wish he supported it, but he didn't. I don't think he's an evil, horrible person. I think he's a flawed person, and I think there will be consequences uh, against him for his actions. And I'm fine with those consequences if a company says, hmm, we were going to give this guy a local, uh, a local sponsorship deal with a local car dealership in the Philadelphia area. Instead, we're going to go with this other player, and so there will be consequences with this man's actions. Yeah, Matt, I'll play off of what the NHL said this morning. They were quick to respond, and they said players are free to decide which initiatives they support. Yes. And in Ivan Provorov's case, he wanted to do it in this way. There was no take it out of proportion, no bad words to say, no jumping on the media and explaining his, displaying his opinion. Yeah. It was all, I have this decision. Mm-hmm. I'm going to wait around. Yeah. I'm not going to... Go out there. I'm mm-hmm. not going to show this because th- that's not me. Yeah. And that was the de- his decision. Mm-hmm. And John, Tor- John Torella came out and said, that's his decision as well. Yeah. We respect everybody. We respect everyone. And he said it himself. So when it comes to religion and when it comes to his own beliefs, that's on him. But what are the ripple effects? What yeah. is the consequence now? What is the NHL going to do? What's the top? They're going to do nothing. They're going to do nothing, and this will go away. And that's the right move by the NHL. That's the right move by the players. Now, I, I kind of wish the NHL said we're disappointed because the NHL has certainly partnered up with, um, you know, hockey is, is for everyone. And what happened last night, I can understand if I was part of that community, I'm like, oh, so that guy there doesn't want to support us. I can see how someone who is gay would feel alienated, would feel a level of betrayal. Sure. I, I can understand that. Also, though, if you, he did nothing illegal, and he didn't do a slur, and he didn't go out and say something horrible on the ice, he hasn't done anything horrible on social media, he hasn't, like Donald Sterling, not, not allow people of color to rent from apartments that he owned. So that's why I don't think there should be a punishment. I think whatever the punishment is going to be is going to be an unintended consequence. It's going to be something that you just might not feel. And this will be talked about with him for a good while. He'll know this story. He'll know that he'll have this his claim around his name. Yeah. But I think the NHL and the Philadelphia Flyers, even them saying they'll continue to be strong, they'll be advocates for inclusivity, and the entire community who was affected. And me and you are probably not the right ones to to have this conversation and what we believe in or 
what Provorov believes in, but you know it hurt some people. Yeah, and it did. That was the that was the major story. And that yeah, and that and that absolutely stinks. It, it, it stinks whatever whatever harm he did. Um, but I just I, in in the end, he, he, I don't want him to be fined or punished. It amplifies the story. He's going to have to walk down this road. I think there will be negative consequences against him. Um, so we leave it at that. And if there's if there's other news, other reporting, we'll certainly tackle it. We'll try to do it. I'll try to do it in a less fumbly way or a little tighter way. But I felt that we just needed to at least talk no, about this. Absolutely. And, and some people are going to agree with what I'm saying. Some people are going to not agree. And, and that's totally, totally fine. All right. On the other side, we'll get back. To the Toronto Raptors and just their miserable first and third quarter. And uh, we'll do that next right here on Gameplay. This is Gameplay on TSN 1050. You play to win the game. Embrace the odds. I want winners. A very small note, Buffalo Bills wide receiver Isaiah McKenzie, who missed uh, the game last weekend, a wildcard win over the Miami Dolphins because of a hamstring injury, was a full participant in practice today, is on track to play in Sunday's divisional round versus the Bengals, that from Adam Schefter. Now just be careful betting on that game because the Bengals under Joe Burrow have an incredible record as an underdog, especially in the playoffs, uh, they cover a whole lot, don't they, Josh? They sure do. This matchup is even getting better. Just to hear some of these notes mm-hmm. that players are coming back. Yep. We're going to see full strength, full health in a wide, huge matchup. Yes. This is going to be intriguing. Yep. Is it the game of the weekend? That's the question. Um, Looking at it now, star-studded-wise, Burrow, Allen, Chase, Diggs. Yep. I think it is because, I mean, well, the shortest odds, I think, is San Fran-Dallas. I think San Fran's like, what, like a four-point favorite? I saw it at three and a half. It's probably going to be the... I mean, Dallas-San Fran, though, it is... Da- Dallas is the the most famous team uh, in there. Yep. Dallas-San Fran has got historic ramifications. They played last year in the playoffs. San Fran is loaded with stars, just not a quarterback, but a great story. Purdy's a great story. Meanwhile, Dallas, they are a brand. They are celebrity into and of itself. They've got stars on both sides. It's uh, Let's just agree to this. Sunday's the more marquee matchup. Cincinnati at Buffalo, Dallas at San Fran. That's a more marquee matchup. They are. Yeah. That is, that's, it's going to be a time. It's mm-hmm. going to be a time. Oh, my God. Oh, I can't wait. It's going to be a lot of full, full football action. Yes. All right. I'll do, uh, I'll just, we'll get into this a little bit later because we've got Josh Lewenberg. I went heavy in the last segment. But the Raptors lose 131-22 to the Bucks. That is galling because Milwaukee is not a good team offensively this year. 19th in points scored, 24th in field goal percentage. No Chris Middleton, no Giannis. They put up 130 points. The Raptors, 27th in the league in field goal percentage and almost allowing almost 49%. Last year, they were 17th. That is a major drop-off. And you look at that. I'll just go to that first quarter real quick. Grayson Allen going through Barnes and Siakam for a dunk. Drew Holiday making a two, making a two layups uh, in, uh, to make it 16-8. Brock Lopez. Brooke Lopez. I'll always call him Brock. That's going to happen between now and the day I die. Uh, Brooke Lopez layup um, making it 23-16. Joe Ingles. And dro- driving past Precious and Chris Boucher, then wide open three, wide open three. And then the quarter ends with George Hill fairly wide open for another three-pointer. 
Raptors allow 44 points in the the most they've allowed in the first quarter all season. The Bucks shot 8 of 9 from 3. A lot of those guys were wide open. That was a tough loss for the Raptors. We'll get into more with Josh Lewenberg. But on the other side, the biggest story in, the, in football that's not the playoffs, what's next with Lamar Jackson? We'll talk to Cordell Woodland, who covers the team for 105-7, the, the fan in Baltimore. That's coming up next. Tangerine Raptors basketball on TSN 1050 tomorrow night. Raptors, Timberwolves, pregame at 7.30, tip-off at 8 on TSN 1050. The Raptors live here. This is Gameplay on TSN 1050. How much you want to make a bet I can throw a football over the mountains? Embrace the odds. I want winners. Welcome back, everybody. This is Gameplay. I'm your host, Matthew Cause. The biggest stories are in the NFL, of course, is the divisional round of the playoffs. But then there is the intrigue of some of the quarterbacks and where are they going to end up next year. You could say that for most of the 49ers quarterbacks. Tom Brady obviously comes to mind. Aaron Rodgers, I'm going to ignore until he gives a decision because, quite frankly, every time that man speaks, I get bored. But the most interesting name, not only because we don't know his future, but because there's a soap opera, there's drama. He is also young. He's an MVP. He's won the MVP. Is Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. And joins now to talk all things Ravens and Lamar Jackson from 105.7 The Fan in Baltimore. It is Cordell Woodland. Cordell, thank you so much for joining the show today. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me, Matt. Absolutely. Well, let's start here. Um, the coach, John Harbaugh, and the general manager, they are going to address the media tomorrow at 2.30 p.m. Uh, what are your expectations about what you think they will say, and how much are they going to just try to dance around and throw enough cliches and jazz hands to not give any real information to the media and fans? Oh, it'll be a lot of that. It'll it'll be a lot of word salads, a lot of words, and nothing really being said. Um, I, I don't. If anybody's waiting and hoping for them to come out and give us any uh, groundbreaking news on the Lamar Jackson extension, I wouldn't really hold my breath for that. They have <laughs> they've historically been very tight-lipped when it comes to these negotiations with Lamar. I will say this. Um, I, I think that they may tell us that they at least have reached out to Lamar. Lamar was in the building on Monday when they were when the players were doing their locker cleanouts. Um, so I, I would imagine I find it hard to believe that they would allow Lamar to leave out of the building for the last time this season and at least not give him something to think about while he's gone. You know, give him some sort of offer to at least mull over uh, because despite the back and forth in the relationship maybe not being the best between the two sides. I do still believe both sides want each other. I do believe that the Ravens understand the talent that they have in a Lamar Jackson. They understand he's one of the better quarterbacks, young quarterbacks in the NFL. And I think Lamar understands the type of organization that the Ravens are. I think they both still have love for each other, but money talks. And I think both sides are going to are in a situation right now to where they have their individual reasons as to why they don't want to budge on what they're looking for financial-wise. Um, if you're the Ravens, you could look at Lamar and say, the last two years you haven't been on the field for us down the stretch. And if you're Lamar, you could say, you know, look at what you've been able to do when I'm not out there, which isn't much. 
and you haven't put a, a lot of talent around me yet, we have been able to kind of squeeze all the juice out of that orange over the last couple of years. Uh, I got to see you put more talent around me. So I, I, if, uh, in terms of tomorrow's press conference, they're, they're definitely going to be asked about it. I'm expecting them to at least say that they have talked to Lamar since the end of the season, um, but I don't expect this situation to be resolved anytime soon. Would this situation be different if the Cleveland Browns, who are so desperate to win and so desperate to finally get that quarterback, if the Cleveland Browns hadn't given all of that record level of guaranteed money to Deshaun Watson, do you think that it would have affected or changed the situation today between the Ravens and Lamar Jackson? No doubt. No doubt. I mean, Lamar is looking for a fully guaranteed contract, and that's because he feels like the Deshaun Watson deal has set a precedent. Um, and when you're when you're Lamar Jackson and you're a unanimous MVP and you're you know you're the youngest MVP in NFL history, the youngest starting quarterback in playoff history, and you see a guy in Deshaun Watson who has basically missed two years go and get that type of record breaking money, you're like, okay, that's why why in the world would I settle for less than that? It it just doesn't make sense business wise to to do, to do that if you're Lamar. So. Uh, I, I do think that that adds another wrinkle into the situation. And I, I don't think it would have been a, a easy deal to get done regardless of Deshaun Watson getting his deal done, uh, getting the deal that he got. But I do think that they may have gotten this deal done by now because now you've got Lamar asking for something that the owners are trying to say is an anomaly and Lamar's trying to say it sets a precedent. Um, and, and, you know, it's a sticky situation. Steve Bashotti, the owner of the Ravens, has come out and said he is not – necessarily uh, thrilled or jumping at the opportunity to give Lamar a fully guaranteed contract. He just doesn't think it's good for business. And he's right, you know, from yeah. the team standpoint, it doesn't make sense to do that. And a lot of people talk about Lamar's playing style and all of that. I don't think it makes sense from a team standpoint in general, regardless of his play style, to give a contract like that. It just, it, it hinders you uh, once you get to the salary cap. But Understanding that Lamar is a premier player in this league and the quarterback position of all the positions proves you've got to pay to play there. Trying to play this long game, it only gets uglier and uglier. So I, I would have to say, yeah, the Cleveland situation makes it more difficult, but I, I still think that this would have been a difficult uh, contract to get done regardless. Let's uh, look at a couple of the red flags. And we can go on both sides to be on team, fully team Lamar Jackson or, or team Baltimore Raven. I, I think the red, for me, the red flags, and again, joined by Cordell Woodland, who covers the Baltimore Ravens for 105.7, the fan in Baltimore. The, the fact that there was no information about his medicals until he decided to release it. The fact that he wasn't with the team against the bang against the Bengals, um, and the fact that he doesn't have an agent, which just to me makes things a little more awkward. Those for me are the red flags. That's how I view them from up here in Toronto. But how do you see it? Yeah, I mean, you know, as far as the injury and the information that's been put out, it's been extremely frustrating for us as the media and for the fans of the Ravens out here in Baltimore. Lamar is, you know, one of the biggest names in the league, if not in sports. 
right now to try to be as tight-lipped as the Ravens have been about his injury doesn't benefit anybody. It doesn't. They think it benefits them as a team, I guess, from a competitive advantage or, you know, just not wanting to put too much information out there about injuries because, in fairness, they have historically been tight-lipped when it comes to injuries. John Harbaugh, is, he hates to talk about injuries he, no matter who the player is. I will say that. But in a situation like this, when you're talking about your franchise quarterback and all the extra dynamics that come along with Lamar Jackson, with him being the big name that he is and a contract situation and the relationship between he and the team, I feel like it would have behooved the Ravens to be a little more open about his injury than they were. Uh, uh, I think going into the Week 18 game against Cincinnati, is when John Harbaugh finally came out and was like, look, we don't have any updates on Lamar's situation, which even that I thought was a little bogus because Lamar's in the building, you know, as much as anybody. He's working with the team doctors. He knows something. And even for Lamar to go on Twitter and actually put out what his injury is, I have to believe that John Harbaugh knew what his injury was. But if he doesn't want to tell us, so be it. Um, as far as Lamar not being at the game Saturday or oh, Sunday night, I didn't really look at it as anything major simply because whether he was there or not, it wouldn't have changed my logic, my thinking on the relationship between he and the team right now. Uh, and RG3 came out and said Lamar has been sick. And Lamar has only traveled to one game since he's been hurt, to my knowledge at least. And that was the, uh, the Cleveland game, I believe. He didn't go to Pittsburgh. He didn't go to Cincinnati Week 18 or the playoff game as well. So that's that, that's that one. Um, but, again, when you're in a situation like this, when you're with a big-name quarterback and a so, sort of a feud with the franchise that he's with over a contract, every little thing is going to be under a microscope, and this is just kind of what goes with the process. Yeah, no, it, it is, and God, it's, it's a good answer. Go to Woodland is joining us from 105.7, uh, the fan. How how different? How much worse? I mean, we've seen the stats when we watch it, but you see it up far more up close. How different is this Ravens team with versus without them? Well, this year they, they were totally different. I will say this Ravens offense was not good at all this year. Uh, arguably the worst wide receiving core in football. The numbers will speak for themselves as far as wide receiver production compared to the rest of the NFL. It's way down at the bottom. Yeah. Um, and, and then they had the injuries at the running back position, Gus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins. They battled injuries throughout the year, stemming from both of them having season-ending injuries last year. They're working their way back this year. And, and in the second half of the season, both of them were very good. J.K. Dobbins, he went and got a scope in the middle of the season. And once he, since he's been back, he had been the leading rusher in the NFL. Um, but in terms of Lamar and this offense, the offense wasn't really good before Lamar went out. I do want to say that. And I think in large part due to this offense having a lack of talent on the perimeter and also due to Greg Roman just kind of hitting his peak. And I, I think that this offense just wasn't responding to him as the year went on. But definitely, you know, Lamar gets hurt. And now all of a sudden you lose the one guy that has the big play ability. When Lamar Jackson's on the field, the Ravens have a chance. They're going to always have a chance to beat anybody they play simply because he is just so dynamic and he can change the game in the blink of an eye, especially when you look at how good this Ravens defense was this year. Um, they could have really done some things, I think, had they been healthy. But 
You look at the way the offense played once Lamar was gone. You had Tyler Huntley out there who was dealing with a shoulder and wrist injury of his own. The passing game completely nosedived and went into the dirt, and the passing game wasn't good to begin with, but the passing game dropped even more with Tyler Huntley in there. And then the run game, which is very good when Lamar is out there because he's a big big part of what they like to do uh, in terms of the read option and the quarterback design runs. With Tyler Huntley out there, sure, he's a little – he's mobile as well, but not as mobile as Lamar. Yeah. Um, and so, so a lot of the plays that you want to call for Lamar, you can't necessarily call with the effectiveness uh, with Tyler Huntley. So they definitely lost that big playability. They lost the, uh, their Superman once Lamar was off the field. And a lot of people thought Lamar would be able to return this year. Ultimately, he wasn't. And it's no question the offense suffered because of that. I'll leave you with this, and uh, you reserve the right to be 100% wrong, and you reserve the right just to go, I have no idea. Uh, two months from now, what do you think the situation is going to be between, uh, between Lamar Jackson and the Ravens? Well, the honest answer is I have no idea, but that's no fun. No. So to, 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 be a, to be a good sport, I'm going to say that I, I do think that they end up franchise tagging Lamar. And I think that they are going to potentially have to at least entertain the idea of possibly trading him once he gets on the franchise tag if they feel like they can't get anything done long term. Um, I, I think that'll, that decision will be made after they make a couple of con- have a couple of conversations with Lamar and find out where his head is. I think that we're entering an offseason where this will be the first time where Lamar pulls a legit holdout um, because he has yet to really exercise that right up until this point. So I think this will be the first time we see a holdout for Lamar, but uh, I think that they'll ultimately franchise tag him. They will try to get a long-term deal done, but ultimately I I think once we get into April, they're going to be shopping around and see if they could get a deal done for Lamar Jackson and get them a couple of first-round picks and uh, try to move on. If you were Eric DaCosta, if you were the GM, would you be more inclined to just give Lamar what he wants because he's been an MVP and there's only so many good quarterbacks or just the erratic behavior, if you want to say that or not, uh, or the very least just injuries in the past? Would you, uh, would you go more of the trade route? Me personally, I'm all about retaining talent. I understand how tough it is to get a quarterback, uh, an elite quarterback in this league, and getting – first-round picks guarantee you nothing. You can have the number one overall pick and draft a quarterback. doesn't mean he's going to be good. There's nothing better in the NFL than a known commodity. You have a known commodity in Lamar Jackson. Um, Lamar Jackson is a rock star. I can tell you just from being out there training camp, the kids love him. Everybody loves Lamar Jackson. We all can talk about what the hit would be on the field if they lose Lamar, but they would take a monumental PR hit losing Lamar. I think a lot of these fans, I'm not saying that they would no longer be Ravens fans, but they would they will be very upset with this team for a little bit because of how that situation went on. So if it were me, I would try to get something done with Lamar. Um, I'm not saying necessarily give him what he wants because you you got to do something that's going to at least uh, be in favor of the team as well. You don't want to give him a deal to where you have no type of flexibility to put any other pieces around him, and you would express that. To him, but I would ultimately, I would be, you know, getting little to no sleep trying to figure out a way to keep this guy on my team because I just understand the type of player that Lamar is when he is out there.
It's going to be fascinating to watch. Hey, Cordell, really appreciate it. Thanks for taking the time to give the perspective from Baltimore. Appreciate you having me. 100%. That is Cordell Woodland, again, Ravens beat reporter for 105.7 The Fan in Baltimore. Coming up on the other side, we got This or That, and that's coming up right after this. This is Gameplay on TSN 1050. See, that's a cool G, Daddy O. Now you got to let it ride. Embrace the odds. I want winners. Homer, please don't make me choose between my man and my god because you just can't win. There you go again. Always taking someone else's side. Flanders, the water department, god. Welcome back, everyone. This is Gameplay. I'm your host, Matthew Cause, still smarting. From losing on FanDuel, my over for Brooke Lopez, total rebounds. I said he would get six or more. He got one. But I was right. If you took the Scotty Barnes points, rebounds, and assists, he did go over that. Uh, I just wasn't as focused on that bet. So it's it. we're here to bounce back. We're here to have fun. We do it each and every Wednesday. It's time for this or that. What do you got, producer Josh? Before I say these, you yeah. absolutely nailed that Barnes bet. That was yeah. good on you. Yeah. Barnes, 20 points in his last four games. Yep. Very solid performances Thir- from him. 13 rebounds. Um, had like I think four or five assists. And had three steals and a block. But, ooh. Defensively, the Raptors are horrible last night. We'll, t- we'll talk to Josh Lundberg about that in a minute. Uh, but what do you got, sir? All right, so kind of tailing what Cordell Wood- Woodland said from Baltimore Ravens uh-huh. beat reporter, he discussed Lamar Jackson's future and what the sweepstakes would look like if he tested the waters in Baltimore yeah. or if he's going elsewhere. So I'm going to get it from you. If you were Lamar Jackson, after what Cordell said and the confidence you have that a deal might get done, are you signing with the Ravens or are you listening to other offers? The Ravens have always been a really good organization. So I think you should probably want to stay there. The grass is not always greener. The moment they drafted, and I know they had horrible, just horrible receivers this year, but the moment they drafted them, they created their entire offense around them. They built it around them. The linemen they drafted, the running backs, everything was designed about getting the most out of Lamar Jackson. You go somewhere else, maybe you go to a coach that wants to change you. You go somewhere else, and especially if you get traded somewhere else, then that team's going to get some of their resources depleted. If I'm Lamar Jackson, I try to get a deal done in Baltimore. Back in September, Jackson declined $290 million. And by the way, if I'm the Ravens, I keep my doors open to trade him. The one thing you don't want at quarterback is erratic. We've now seen some erratic behavior. We've now seen I'm, I don't have an agent and turning down that level of money and also erratic from a health perspective. You can deal with erratic from your defensive end or your wideout. I don't want erratic from my quarterback. Cordell did say there is still love between the two. I'm sure there Very is. Very interesting yeah. in the yeah. next couple of weeks to, to what the end decision might be. Toronto Maple Leafs came up with a huge win last night. Yeah, they did. A game of goals, scraps, intense moments with the referees. Mm-hmm. So much going on. Yeah. NHL All-Star voting has now concluded. And if you had to choose one more Maple Leaf to, to join the Marner... Is that it? Yeah. It was Austin Matthews or William Nylander. You're going I know, Nylander? I know, I, well, uh, this is on what we saw last night. You know, he doinked one goal off his head, drew a penalty shot, and the overtime winner driving past Carter Verhage, scores in tight on Bobrovsky. I believe he's got the lead on Matthews for goals. So if we're just, if we're just going in a bubble, what have you done this year? 
then it is Nylander. If it's about, well, let's look at body of work and star power, you got to take Matthews. I'm going to play the role of, of just hockey nerd focused, all about meritocracy. I'm going Nylander. Nylander one point up with 50 points compared to Matthews 49. Matthews at 18 in the plus minus. Mm-hmm. Nylander at 13. Very mm, interesting very, look on yeah. that side. It's close. And it's close. <laughs> it's a hit or miss. It's a, yeah. it's a, it's a, it's a yeah. coin flip here. Yeah, it is. All right. Sticking with the Maple Leafs, Matt Murray taken mm. out of the game, Bad game against for the Panthers. Bad. Four goals on eight shots. The goals three and four were the, were the worst ones. Lisa Verhage, when he scored early, that was a nice shot. Uh, the second goal, the shorty, not his fault at all. Uh, that's not his fault. That's on, on Mitch Marner. Uh, but goals three and four, you got to make those saves. You just have to make those saves in a, in a high-pressured game against uh, an offense who knows how to score. Yeah. So if you were Sheldon Keefe, for tomorrow's brawl of a match, ah. love this word, brawl yeah. of a match against the Jets, there's so much animosity and yeah. intensity and I fights. Yeah. Winnipeg. <laughs> Get out of yourself. Are you rolling with Murray again, sticking to your word, or giving Sansonov the nap after winning the game? Well, hold on, giving the word. What was, what was the word? So it seems like he was projected to start this game against the Winnipeg Jets. Okay, so like before in the week, there was sort of the there talk was, was, was okay, that Mur- well then if that was the word, if that was what was promised to Matt Murray, then you give him the start. Yeah. I mean, Matt Murray's done well. He was bad last night, but, you know, it's not like there's a massive gap between Murray and Samsonoff. And good on Samsonoff. He made, I think, like two or three really big saves last night. But no, you, you, you go back with Matt Murray. Well, that was the plan for the last couple of weeks. You want to kind of get Murray into that starting role. Let him play more, possibly play back-to-backs. Yeah. That's the projected goal. Sure, do it. Let's go to some baseball. And this topic has become hot in the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. If you were Rob Manfred, MLB commissioner, and had to make the call mm. on potential expansion around the league, are you picking baseball in the inter- entertainment capital of the world in Las Vegas? Yep. Or the music city of Nashville? I'm going Nashville. I think there's more opportunity there. Vegas already has tons of sports, and you got hockey, you got football, you got the college sports as well. I know you certainly have, you know, in Tennessee, you got the Tennessee Volunteers, but I would do it in Nashville, and part of it is is temperature. Are you like unless you're building an indoor stadium? You got to build an indoor stadium. You cannot have games in Vegas outdoors in August. Also, I think that um, 181 home games is too many for Vegas. You want it's great with with football. You know, hey, the opposing fans can come in. Hey, it's a weekend. But now you're doing 81 home games for a city where there's a lot of transplants. I think that's too much for that city to handle. Let's go Nashville. Let's get to Nashville. Mm, Music City getting some baseball love. Yes. Yes. Imagine if they build like a T-Mobile Park type or a Minute Maid Park from Houston. Right? If they they build one of those type big Mm -hmm. stadiums. Yeah. Possible. In Vegas. Just got to throw it You got to get the roof. You got to get the roof. The gambling will be at its all-time high. Yeah. Final question yeah. here. Rogers Center going through some major changes. Mm-hmm. Photos have surfaced of yeah. what it's starting to look like. Yeah. There's some there's some creeps of some new seats. There's some new views. So Blue Jays fan perspective. Yeah. Are you the guy, are you the fan that's going to the social club? That's the social lounges, the social level to go grab a drink, go grab some food? Or are you the Baseball enthusiast, I'm sitting on top of that bullpen. I'm sitting on top of that bullpen. 
I, 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 when I go to any game, I am there for the whole game. The very few times, I've never been front row in a basketball game, but whenever I've been even close, I do not look at my phone. The closer, I mean, what I do, I do not look at my phone at a basketball game, especially the closer I, I'm at. When, when we go to the box every now and then for like a TSN hockey or TSN 1050 radio uh, corporate thing, I want to be the guy sitting there watching. Whenever I'm in a box, I'm the guy who's ignoring everyone, watching the game, and getting as much popcorn shrimp as I can. So I am part two. I am absolutely there for the game. You're not you're not chugging back beer all the time. Oh no, I'm chugging back beer from my seat watching the game. Very close to uh the pitchers down yes. at the bullpen. Overpriced Chardonnay. It, like I'm not there for the social side for the club. I am there to watch the game. Amazing. On the other side, good job by you or this or that there, producer Josh. On Appreciate the other it. side, it, we- Josh to Josh. It is Josh Lundberg, Raptors reporter. What the hell happened last night? How did the Raptors get beat by a 35-year-old journeyman? We'll get into that next. This hour of gameplay is brought to you by FanDuel. Bet on all your favorite teams on the FanDuel Sportsbook app.